0: Tom, when you are out with your kids and one of them falls over and perhaps uh, skins their knee or something like that, how do you react?
1: Well I immediately scream and go, Oh my god, you're you're wounded. You're wounded. This is Are dreadful. Okay? Oh, this is the worst thing that could okay? possibly happen. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, is your leg gonna fall yeah, off? Oh, yeah. oh uh, no, uh, that sort of stuff. I, I find it calms them that- right down.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, um so presumably that's not actually how you react. Uh, no, I
1: don't. I I try I try very much to sort of go, Oh, it's ha ha, isn't it fine? Yes. No, kiss it better, you know, don't worry. Yeah. I mean they're quite they're quite big and can see, now I now can see through my ruses extremely straightforwardly, right. but when right. they were smaller. Yeah, yeah you, can of, you can kind of you
0: uh, can kind of just act as if everything's completely fine and mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, that, you know, a lot of parents believe that that will actually make it fine and, and make the kid less uh, likely to cry and, 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 and so on. Um, is that a placebo effect?
1: I think it is. I think. Well, I think it certainly is a related effect. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, I'm going to derail the whole thing with a, with an anecdote from when I was about fourteen or fifteen and grew too fast because right. that was the sort of thing uh-huh. I did back then. You know, it's pretty wild. I grew too fast, and I we used to stand up. Whenever I stood up, I would get faint, and sometimes actually faint and fall over. Is that um, pots? uh I, I don't know i've i know that it's i've, I've seen that term around in the sort of weirder bits of the internet but i've never really <laughs> yes. worked out what it is yeah anyway it doesn't matter i think I'd that's stand the up, symptom of the, the disorder yeah, called pots the standing yeah. fainting yeah. yeah i'd faint um and one time i fainted i think i might have been slightly trying to do it because it was fun it was a funny thing yeah. to do anyway i bounced off a table on my way down Ouch. and uh came downstairs with blood pouring through my hands and um Damn. said to my dad oh god i've cut my head and my dad was uh, he's no longer? He's retired now, but he was a GP and he, and he just went <laughs> and laughed at me. Um, and drove, uh, drove me off to the Our legend, um, yeah. I know he said, I could well, I could take you to hospital or I could just drive you down the surgery and stitch it up myself. Wow, and um, and he did. And I gotta say, I don't know whether it made it hurt less, but it certainly made the whole procedure much, you know, like I didn't suddenly the thing went from terrifying experience to amusing anecdote right, in the space right. of about 30 seconds. Brilliant bedside yeah, manner, yeah, um, bedside Manor, yeah, bedside manner.
0: There's another. Term that comes Mm. into placebo effects. But I should say, before we get into placebo effects, which is the topic of today's uh, show, welcome to the study show. My name's Stuart Ritchie, I'm a science writer at the I.
1: And I am Tom Chivers. I'm a science writer at Semaphore. Hello,
0: everybody. Yes, and presumably that traumatic uh, brain injury in your past has not uh, stopped you from doing good research (laughs) and being able to understand all the concepts that we're talking about on this podcast Well, we're about to find (laughs) out, aren't we? It might make Um, you act erratically or something like that. uh, Yes, exactly. Anyway... um, Before we start, I just wanted to say to everyone who's listening, if you've been enjoying the podcast so far um, and you're not already subscribed to The Study Show, that's at thestudyshowpod.com. Um, We'd be very grateful Uh, uh, If you subscribe You can do so for free And you get an email Every time we put out uh, an episode And even if you're feeling very kind You can become a paid subscriber And we are soon To get to the point where We're we're ticking along with paid subscribers As soon as we get to 100 of you We're going to start doing Paid only episodes You'll only be able to listen to them if you're a paid subscriber. We'll still be doing lots of uh, free ones as well. So uh, just a little reminder. Uh, and loads of other. there's loads of other things you can do to help us out. Put a like on our Substack page. Uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening. So uh, just a little Tell reminder. Tell your friends. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep.
1: I, I will also actually, um, to do derail again, <laughs> I will say two other things about um, our excellent subscribers. One, that a chap called Hero, H, or at least his email address said Hero, H-I-R-O, became our first Founding yeah, member amazing, supporter, amazing. which is brilliant, and we just wanted to give a shout yes. out to our hero. He is our hero. hero. Yep, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And um, also that the topic of this particular podcast, this particular uh, episode, yes. was suggested by our listeners in uh, the "Ask Me Anything" post we put yeah. up a week which or so ago. Which you can only answer.
0: You can only. You can only. A- sorry, you can only ask us stuff.
1: If yep, you are paying a paying subscriber, yes. Although it just reminded we we need to go through and answer the questions on the um and uh, from the from the listeners on the thing as well. So that's we'll have we done it do by that. the time we this comes do. out. Yes, by the time this comes out, we'll definitely have done it. All right. Okay. So thank you very much to the listeners who suggested placebo effect yes. as the topic, and let's get onto it. Stuart, what is a placebo? Well, effect? it's
0: a very very common thing to talk about. Randomised trials, randomised clinical trials of like a new drug or a vaccine or something like that. Um, that are placebo-controlled, right? So uh, Mm. the C in RCT, Randomised Controlled Trial, is about the control group. And the whole point of that control group is that it needs to be as similar to the treatment group as possible, with the only thing being different uh, being the actual active ingredients. So, you know, the classic case would be like a dummy sugar pill would be given uh, instead of a pill with an active ingredient or or, um, a saline injection instead of an active uh, vaccine. And the idea is that you then compare the effect of the, of the, uh, the real uh, uh, treatment to the placebo control. And so you don't expect the placebo control will actually work in any way, but you, the patient might think it might work and then they might get better by themselves... But that wouldn't be to do with the actual treatment. So that's, that's uh, uh, such a common thing to hear that talked about. But I think, yeah. and I, I, I think you agree, that there's a huge amount of confusion about what it, exactly, what it actually means to say that there's a placebo effect or a placebo response in a study. Some people think that it's uh, the body's sort of innate healing mechanism that comes about because we believe that a, a particular pill or uh, injection or whatever is working. It's all about the power of belief other people mm. think that it's entirely a statistical bias or a, a, a mistake and there's no such thing as that magical healing placebo effect
1: yes i mean but this idea has been around for well certain for, I, th- I think it's been around for hundreds of years and the doctors will give pe- give patients things they don't expect to work but in the expectation that the patient will then sort of feel better right, anyway yeah. i think that just sort of is and quite a that, there's that bedside thing. manner thing exactly yes but um the word itself means i shall please apparently it's from the latin i learnt this in the in the research this but i love sort of linguistic things like this so so it's Mm. from the from psalms in the bible placebo domino in regione vivorum i will please the lord in the land of the living but the medical sense of a medicine given more to please than to benefit the patient goes back to about 1785 and this modern idea of Um, using placebo, you know, placebo being a sort of a healing tool in its own right. I think people seem to sort of trace it back to 1955. This guy, Henri Beecher, or it was Henry Beecher, but with an eye, I think he's American. Mm. And he treated Italian soldiers in the Second World War and noticed that when they'd run out of morphine, they'd, um, they'd give them saline just to sort of, Right, Fob I think, right. basically, and and people re- reported that they that, that it helped. Right. He also noted in his paper in 1955 that patients who were given knee surgery and people who were given placebo knee surgery, so they were just they were op- they were their knee was opened up under anaesthetic and then stitched back up again. The two there there was no distinct both. Arms of the of that trial, both people with the real knee surgery and the placebo knee surgery, but showed the same improvement over two years right. uh, or, or years so later. So the interpretation
0: of that is that. The, the placebo knee surgery somehow helped as well and that, that, that's exactly, not the only interpretation yes. as we'll come to later no, but, but that is, but that exactly. is uh, the interpretation that's often, that that's often in, drawn. Yeah. of course you know you talk about this going back hundreds of years the idea that you can kind of in, make up something that you know doesn't help a patient and yet give it to them and tell them that it's helping them is of course the basis for all kinds of bullshit quack remedies over the centuries mm. you know there must there must have been endless cases of Mountebank type, you know, fake doctors who knew that mm. what they were doing w- was not actually helpful, but they told patients to do that anyway, and they were in some sense relying on this idea that if you kind of believe it, then you might start to think that you have gotten better, and so they were yeah. sort of relying on a placebo effect, even though it didn't get talked about in this particular way of that about this kind of uh belief that there's some sort of
1: uh, no everyone acknowledged it was a con right back oh, you know, sorry, <laughs> right. Sorry, that's, well, sorry in, in a, not, a sense yeah. in a
0: sense you are acknowledging yeah. it it's a con uh, yeah. in the more recent yeah. stuff because you're saying like we know this is inert there's not there's no active ingredient in this pill it's just a sugar dummy pill mm. but we're going to give it to people anyway for a particular yeah. reason and, and you know what one one reason was is is to compare to an active uh, uh, ingredient but more recently people have started saying well actually what if we start giving it to people um, and just tell them it's a placebo and, and try and use the placebo effect in medicine which is a very strange concept uh, to try and yes, actively the, use the, it
1: the, the the no deception placebo or the non-blind or open label yes that's right i mean i i've been reading about that for years i remember when i was so way back in um, the two early two thousands, you must have used to read Ben Goldacre's bad science. Of course, column, loved it, right? Of course, you did. Devoured yeah, every yeah, single one. Obsessed. Yeah, absolutely obsessed. I mean, uh, uh, I hope he never listens to this book. Well, actually, if, if he does, brilliant. Because then we've got celebrity hello, listeners. Ben. But yeah. the um, <laughs> hello <laughs> Ben, uh, But yeah, I basically based my career on trying to be like Ben Goldacre, which too, is a terrible yeah. thing to admit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just being being a ass who corrects people who corrects scientific errors in in the in the news. That was basically all I yep. wanted, ever wanted Me too, to do. Yeah, here, here here we are yeah. doing it. <laughs> you know, dream can come true kids <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um sorry but yeah so he he cited this i remember reading about in one of his columns about a famous 1965 trial in which 15 patients were given a pill and they were told do you know what a sugar pill is this is the direct quote do you know what a sugar pill is a sugar pill is a pill with no medicine in it at all i think this pill will help you as it has so many others are you willing to try this well, pill?
0: what a mad thing to say to Patients.
1: There's much more that's mad about that trial. I mean, firstly, it's 15 patients. Well, but, we'll come, you know. Yes. But the um, uh, also, it was in 15, it was in patients who were termed as neurotic. They are just some incredible people, you know, the, the, their diagnosis was neuroticism, which you wouldn't get well, it's no, no, it's a
0: personality trait that people vary on. True, it's not true, a... that's true.
1: The other thing that's fascinating, though, sense. I thought was that 13 of the 15 patients were women, and yet because of the language style at the time, whenever they're talking about the generic patient, they say the we the 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 doctor would sit at his bedside or <laughs> offer his because you they never they never say his or her or their as a singular. Um, it was, yeah, it, was, it re- reads really weirdly. Yeah. So Ben Goldacre mentioned this particular trial i mean as he pointed out at the time it was very small and it was uh there's no control group so you know maybe all the positive effect was just the placebo no that doesn't work anyway um (laughs) (laughs)
0: Mm, yeah it's kind of but it is mind-bending because we're going to be talking about that you need a control group for your placebo effect uh, so, yeah. so what's in having, some of these studies
1: yeah and we will we will we will explain what the alternative explanation is but yeah but it, it, it's it was very much i mean it's very much just an accepted thing that placebos have this incredible effect and and to some extent right we've been mainly talking about pain you know we, well, we have so far been you know the if my child falls over and i react calmly they might they will think it's less bad we talking because the yeah. pain will feel less bad um but that's not all people talk about they talk about you know, f- real physical uh, physical effects. And it's this idea that it's this, re- you know, that ulcers get smaller and so on. Yeah. And this is, and that it's a real, some incredible mind over matter healing impact. That's um, definitely
0: the impression you get from, from from hearing some people talk about it. There's TED Talks and podcasts and things like that, that, that people talk yeah. about these almost magical ways of that the body can heal itself as long as you believe. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly, and they do. I mean, there's, I've seen you know quite often people, people see, having these long conversations about how do placebos work. You know, how does it do hmm. this magical stuff? And I was looking at a, a book chapter on this uh, non, on non-deception placebos, which again, there's. A systematic review say, is suggesting they appear to have positive, positive clinical effects compared to no treatment. Although then it does say limited number of trials, not blinded, hmm. positive messages included. Along, you know other things that make them not particularly trustworthy studies. But there is a literature that claims these non-deception placebos
0: work, and, and it's not and, just. And we should say this isn't. These are sort of mainstream researchers who believe in this. It's not like, although I think some of them are interested in the sort of alternative health world acupuncture or stuff like that but it's not like they're complete they're not like uh you know homeopaths publishing in the homeopathy journal these are these are you know there's an article uh, about placebos in the new england journal of medicine that makes these kinds of claims
1: yeah and they they posit things something called a pharmacological memory so that just like you know pavlov's dog that if, if you if you ring a bell every time you give a dog food the 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 dog will salivate when it sees the food and will eventually learn to associate the ringing of the bell with the food and then will salivate just when you ring the I've bell. I've always
0: wanted to try that with my dog actually. I've never kind of got around to it. But
1: you uh, don't have to like cut a hole in the dog's throat to do oh it. Oh
0: god, really?
1: Well, I think Pavlov, oh, maybe that's a different Jesus study. Christ, I, don't know. That, I, no, I had no yeah. idea
0: about that. I thought he just rang a bell. It was a very nice, pleasant thing. The dogs were getting food. No, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, there's, there's a lot of these early 20th century experiments which basically involve chopping bits off animals. So Jesus um, Christ, I didn't a, know about that. A biscuit seems like a sweet dog, yeah. so I wouldn't <laughs> <Yeah>. recommend <laughs> no, it. Not going to
0: do any surgery on look it. Look it
1: up. Anyway, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not extra confident about that, and I can't <laughs> bother to go and look it up now. The hypothesis is that the just as with the Pavlov's dog, if, if if you give someone a medicine and 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 the stimulus associated with it is like a needle being injected or a pill being given, and then your body has some physiological response to the medicine, which it then learns to associate with the the stimulus, the needle or the pill, and then later on when you give them just the needle or ju- just the pill, so just the stimulus, which itself should have no effect, your body has this Pavlovian reaction and does something mm-hmm. you know whatever the, the physiological response is the one example was a saline solution given after repetitive injections of apomorphine an anti-parkinson's medication induced apomorphine like effects at the level of neural activity recorded from the brain's subthalamic region
0: hmm. um, so, i mean you wouldn't expect that would last very long after the body in some sense realizes that it's not getting the same yeah,
1: yeah you wouldn't and also it sounds in that particular instance like we're talking about Brain scan uh, results, which immediately makes me go, "Oh, that's going to yeah, have an neural activity." 11. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It must be. Yeah, said it's
1: going to have a sample size of eleven, and it makes me un, makes me untrusting of it. But yeah. you know, that's the hypothesis. Another okay. one um, that the expectation of pain relief modulates the how how the brain releases dopamine and endogenous opioids so basically reward system stuff and pain uh natural painkillers mm. which it releases due to conscious expectations um but right so that's those are the hypotheses about how placebos work and they're
0: in a paper in like a neurobiology journal international yeah, um, review of neurobiology
1: yes yeah yeah um and then there's lots of other th- other studies like this, yes. but they, or at least reports and reviews like this, but I remember that, this makes me think of this Do you ever read Slate Star Codex? Of course you mm-hmm. do. They're, Scott Alexander, the psychiatrist, brilliant.
0: All the, anyway. all the heroes are coming out today. Yeah, I know. Goldie Kerr yeah, and Alexander. I'll
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. get on to Dawkins and Pinker oh, next, just for my, you know. The lads. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so anyway, he wrote this thing about this gene called 5-HTT-LPR, and it was a candidate gene that was linked to depression. And he, he just said, look, everyone spent ages and ages talking about how, you know, the 450-odd studies talking about the possible mechanisms that 5 fi- um, httlpr might be linked to depression. And then years and years later, it transpired that it wasn't linked to depression, yes. and the genetic studies were bad. The basic association and, um,
0: was not there. So everyone was speculating yeah, so, about the mechanism, but the basic yeah, association it's like it's was all
1: not there. Like, you know, or, or possibly less charitably, you know, you must have seen all the how-does-homeopathy-work yes. articles back in the day, which could have been much but shorter if The memory if of water, just, and stuff like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There'd have been much shorter articles if they'd just written. It yes. doesn't... <laughs> yes. you know. I, 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 I,
0: yeah, I think it's so important that you need to be absolutely sure that the phenomenon exists in the first place before you start... Spending explain. ages. And, and actually, you know, more broadly, this, uh, this applies to things like the Loch Ness Monster... How could there be a plesiosaur in Loch Ness? Let's think about all the possible ways that, that could have that could have happened. Um or how mm. could alien abductions, how exactly, you know, did this did this occur uh, at the time? Um, and even if it, even if it's if it's just a story about an alien abduction, you can spend ages and ages and ages working out exactly how someone might have been fooled by this light in the sky or whatever. And then it turns out that it just never happened in the first place. Someone made it up. Yeah. Or, or yeah, it? So you exactly. need to actually be sure that there's a ground truth that you're trying to explain before you go and try and explain it.
1: Exactly. And that's what we're here to do today. Yes. So um, does the placebo effect... Act? Is it real? Yeah. I mean, is, is it real? And when is it real? Those are the things we want to know. Um, because... The thing, the, the the complicating thing is that there, there are other ways in which people could get better when given a placebo pill, other than the placebo pill having the effect, um, right, and, we, and causing
0: oh, the magic healing. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh,
1: mechanism. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it is <laughs> uh, it's an illusion, an illusion rather than real magic. I think is yes. uh, the phrase. Yeah, you, I, I put yeah. that in the
0: notes because yeah. It, an illusion would be some kind of artifact in the studies, so some kind of something's mm. gone wrong in the statistics of the study, or the setup of the study, or the methodology of the study, where it's actually nothing to do with the persons um, w- w- with any healing mechanisms or anything. It's nothing mm. to do with all these kind of things that we've we've just talked about, and this is why it's tricky because it would still, in some sense, be due to the pill, right? In, in, in some yeah. in some of these cases, I'm gonna we'll go through the list. In some of these cases, it is due to the pill to some degree. But it's not in the way that people talk about. It's not in the sort of magical way that... that, that, that uh, yeah, the, the body heals yeah, itself. Yeah, um, it's, it's much more mundane than that. So the first one is that people might just have been getting... going to get better anyway, right? So lots of conditions come and go, especially if it's not stuff like pain, you have good days and bad days, or some conditions are time-limited. Like they just, you know, if you're talking about some kind of medicine for a cold, for instance, mm. you're going to get better in you know a week at most or maybe a bit longer and if you give someone a placebo pill and they get better after giving them the placebo pill you don't know if that has anything to do with the, the the pill it's not the body's internal mechanisms all starting to act because they believe that the mm-hmm. pill has an effect it's just because they would have got better anyway if you even if you hadn't yeah. given them anything so, and that's why it's important to have uh a placebo group in your in your trial if you want it if you want to actually work out what a placebo what the placebo effect is doing a placebo effect and compare it to a no effect group as well there's also a more statistical phenomenon which is regression to the mean or regression towards the mean um which is this thing which francis galton uh in the late 19th century came up with this and he was talking about taller parents tending to have uh, shorter kids. And that's one expectation. He called it um, regression towards merito- uh, not meritocracy. Mediocrity. Uh, that's a, a, an unfortunate uh, phrasing, but um, uh, <laughs> yeah. given all his other stuff. But um, uh, a regression towards mediocrity. Hmm. And I don't think he meant that in an insulting way. I don't think he would use it in the way that I would, you know, sometimes... Yeah,
1: mediocre just meant, literally just meant yeah. the middle. Yeah, Black, it's not Black like man, when then, I'm looking in I
0: the mirror know. at night and I say... Mediocrity. it's just it's just uh, it's just it's just when it's just it's just when um yeah it's something something's moderate average middle. medium and so the idea is that when you take a, a sample of people um or any kind of any kind of sample and you and they're selected to be more extreme and in the in the mm. case of our clinical trials it's going to be the case that people are more extreme in the sense of their symptoms uh, in a clinical trial than the average sufferer of that condition would be because they're the ones that have gone to the doctor, maybe been signed up for a clinical trial, maybe signed themselves up. You're more likely to do that if you're at a kind of more severe phase of your illness. You know, you're having a bad few days of your pain, you're having a bad time. And so the next time you make a measurement of the pain, it's probably going to be a lower measurement just because you've simply statistically got yourself into the position where you've got extreme scores at the initial point. So uh, the next time you check, the average result will be less extreme and it'll look as if people who have been given a placebo pill have gotten better because of the placebo, but actually that's not not the case.
1: What this is, right, is... Uh, I know you're not a sports fan, oh, no. so you won't understand any of this. But um, there's a, there's a couple of things. There's the in football, there's the famous manager of the month curse, and uh, there was used to be a thing called the Sports Illustrated curse, which was if if some American footballer was put on the front cover of Sports Illustrated, or if um, oh, a, yes. a football manager uh, in the UK and you know in British soccer is named manager of the month in the Premier League. Then amazingly, the next month they won't do so well. Right, um, right. And what what's obviously happening is, if you happen to have a a good, a a good run of form and do really well, that's partly luck. You're partly over. You're obviously yeah, over some randomness and, in that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then uh, just by the the normal working, you know, you'll you'll be closer to your average performance the following month, and that is closer to normal. And so the next month you'll, yeah. uh, you know, there's, unless there's some consistent reason, it's like you've like if if I roll three sixes on average, my next roll will be my next roll of three dice will be lower, right? You know right. that yeah. That's literally and the because same thing. there's
0: randomness in the way that people's symptoms develop uh, in in, in mm-hmm. many many conditions. I mean, there are some conditions that are maybe more progressive uh, and so on. They just tend to always get worse and worse and worse. But those are not the mm. kinds of things that placebo effects tend to be seen on, right? Placebo effects tend to be seen on types of conditions like pain and so on that do involve yeah. quite a lot of of, of of randomness. So as soon as you have a situation where there's randomness and as soon as you select people on the basis of them having extreme mm. scores, which you're doing in a clinical trial normally, yeah. you're going to see people regress towards a less extreme uh, score. And again, that's a reason why it's really useful to have a treatment group, and then a placebo group, and, and and a group with no intervention. Because everyone you'd expect to regress to the mean at the same rate, it's just that you'd expect if the treatment works, then they would actually start to um, get better.
1: Get better faster, yeah.
0: And if you think there's a real a real placebo effect, they would go faster than the no-treatment group uh, uh, as well. Uh, that's another reason. Then there's the more kind of psychological reasons where that do involve, in some sense, the power of belief but are maybe not as exciting as the way that uh, is often described. So expectation effect, which is if you're writing a questionnaire, filling in a questionnaire about how much your pain, how bad your pain is, um, and you do it out of 10 or whatever, you might start with eight. And at the end of the trial, you think, well, I've just been in a trial. So I guess I'll say seven because, you know, maybe it had some effect there. You sort of convince yourself that there's an mm. effect on your pain. Maybe there isn't. Uh, and there's always going to be some again some noise some randomness in the way that people answer you know ac- across time about their own symptoms and the way that different people answer you know two different people who are having the same level of pain might record it differently on questionnaires just because of their innate characteristics and, and also just some random just some randomness so as soon as you have, all- there's also
1: yeah. I'll just jump in there. So there's a there's a, there's an interesting philosophical question which we won't get into. Can people be mistaken about how much well, pain they're there is? Yeah, in? You good know? question. Can if you say like oh they feel like they're having less pain while well, pain is a feeling? I, I don't know. You know, I, that, that would it would get way off topic to really start uh, discussing whether you know what what it means to feel things but you know if is is is, does expect does this expectation management me mean that they really are feeling less pain i suppose it must in some way but anyway It's it's a it's a
0: it's an incredibly uh uh important important question and We know that some people, obviously people react to things happening in their lives differently. If it's, you know, the exact same thing could happen to to two different people and they would react massively differently because of their personalities and the way that they, you know, the way that they think about things. Some people will go and ruminate over something. Some people will just, it'll be water off a duck's back. And so all that kind of stuff means that uh, uh, you're gonna you're gonna struggle to um get you know perfect measures of of, of pain. and it means that um, people might expect at the end of a trial to have gotten a little bit better, and so they write it down that they got a little bit better. Um, and it's nothing to do with whether the drug actually worked. and if you gave that if you gave that placebo to somebody else, they would might react completely differently. The study show is brought to you by The Eye. Uh, the Eye is one of the national newspapers in the UK. It's the one I uh, work for. And they're offering listeners to this show a 50% off digital subscription to the entire newspaper, which covers UK politics, uh, world news, culture and science. If you go to inews.co.uk slash subscribe. Now, I uh, recently wrote um, one of my weekly newsletters, which are only for subscribers to the eye, about this amazing criminology study that claimed that having a strip club in an area reduced sex crimes in that area but it turns out in a rather spectacular critique of the study it turns out that they got everything completely wrong they had used the registration date of the strip club and not the date that it got opened so actually these strip clubs were never even open in the first place and they had they had used a crime data set where 94% of the people in the data set were actually found innocent and had not committed a crime so huge errors and I wrote about them as part of my newsletter at the I so if you're interested in reading that and many other things which I've written and indeed the whole newspaper, go to inews.co.uk slash podcast.
1: Uh, I will do that. Sure, I'll do that and the study show is also brought to you by works in progress ah, yes. which is an online magazine uh, interested in science and technology and of course progress as uh, the name implies mm-hmm. there's an interesting article on it at the moment about how um, while most American cities have seen insane house price level rises Washington DC has managed to avoid it to some degree and that is I, th- I think heavily to do they suggest with its greater focus on mass transit so you know public transport systems which uh, state- I've been
0: on the- the underground, and have you ever been in an underground station? And all oh right, oh, it's never it's a weird place, but it's but it's worth a it's worth a visit. I find That's it strange. Everything's everything's really big. Like every hotel I've stayed in in Washington is absolutely enormous. You know, normally when you go to a city, a big city, you get you get tiny little pokey hotel rooms, even in even in nice hotels.
1: Americans love a massive hotel room, though. Whenever uh, yeah, whenever I yeah. whenever well, whenever I but a couple of times in recent years, I've hired some crappy sounding seeming hotel in America, yeah, and turned up. And it's got two double beds in this massive. Right. Like, right. Like, I, I, you know, I mean, uh, not but, in
0: Manhattan. No. Right? But but in but in uh, in other places, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, Washington's weird because there's just so many things that you recognise and so many museums, and uh, uh, yeah, it's great. But Anyway, my, my point was the underground. Is incredible. the The stations are these amazing concrete Warren mm. things. I, I've never seen. I've never seen uh, underground stations like it. Why was I talking about that again? Oh yeah, mass um, transit in uh, in DC. Yeah,
1: well, you've completely derailed the point and we spent was, ages talking about uh, about no about pun your intended. And, yeah, but the point uh, is yes, <laughs> very good. The point, the point is, it's a really friends. interesting article which you'll now have to read for yourselves because I haven't got time to do, time to explain it to you. Thanks very much, Stuart. <laughs> but yeah, we're, re- we're nonetheless very very grateful to Works in Progress and yes. to the Eye. for the It's a great magazine and, and
0: it's a great newspaper. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, you can get that at. At worksinprogress.co. And uh, as far as I'm aware, everything is open access and freely available to read uh, there.
1: Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much to both of those splendid publications. And now
0: on with the show. So the second thing is not your own expectations, but the expectations that you expect other people to have. Um, so these are sometimes called demand characteristics. That is, if you're in an experiment or if you're in a, a trial, you might expect that your doctor expects that you've got that you've gotten better. You might just not want to hurt their feelings because they've gone to all that effort to put you in a trial. So you think, "Oh well, my pain rating is actually a little bit lower. Yeah, right enough. It is. It is. You hmm. can feel you can feel pressure. This is why it's important to make sure things are double blind that the doctor doesn't know what condition the patient is in. Because then they can't yeah. act differently around around the patients. It's not because necessarily because the patients will you know will kick in their natural magical healing effects, but just because they might misreport things um, because of pres- yeah. f- a feeling of pressure from the doctor.
1: And um, it must be, that's that's an interesting one because you, you can't blind that you can't blind that away in the patient, can you? you can't, no, indeed. When not. you're doing indeed these not. trials about uh, when you're giving no treatment, that's just inherently you're you're going to notice not taking a pill. I you mean, know, that's, yes. that's yeah. going to be hard to avoid. Uh, um, and it's a anyway. bit like
0: the Hawthorne effect, which is this idea mm. that if you're if you're just be- being studied, you know you're being studied, you know someone's paying attention, then you might just try a bit harder. You might just act a little bit differently. And of course, the yes. the, the funny thing is that the original study that the Hawthorne effect is named after. It d- didn't happen. It was fake. What's the story? Yeah, it
1: was fake. It was so. So it was. It was a. Um, it was in a. As a factory, the Hawthorne factory or something mm. in the in the states in the mid uh, in the middle of the 20th century and they found they tried to do different lighting to see if it made um, employees work harder and they found that the what they claimed to have found was that it was um whatever the changes the lighting were, that people worked harder if it was dimmer or when it worked harder when it was brighter and 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 you know, so it didn't make any difference. It was just about the experiment being carried out. But then it turned out that um actually this uh this wasn't the true. The experiment never the, happened. The data was never the, 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 the data was never formally analysed and thought to have been destroyed, and no was never there, so there, were, there, there. wasn't really. A, the, we've got no way of knowing whether it ever happened in the experiment. As, they, as oh they say. well,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's depressing. Uh, but but mm. the, but the point still remains that you do need to take extra care that you're not giving people different expectations um, yeah. from just giving them a pill. Uh, that might make them think, well, I've been given a pill, so I will just... And, and this can be entirely unconscious, you know. I've been given mm. a pill, so I'll just report that my pain is a little bit lower. And that would look like the, the people in the placebo group were getting better, but actually, that's not necessarily the case.
1: So so these are, these are all why you need a control group, right? You can't... Yes,
0: yeah. And there's, mm. there's another one, by the way, which is... Oh, sorry. Yes, they might just take other medications. Like, so Mm. uh, people don't necessarily do what you ask them to do in a clinical trial, and it could be that the people in either group are maybe say that you're doing. I mean, just you know, there aren't many trials of these going on these days. But imagine you're doing a trial of paracetamol for headache, and Mm. sure, you randomise paracetamol and sugar pills to the two groups, but then everyone, or or, you know, randomly at random, uh, random people through through both groups take an ibuprofen sometimes as well. Even if you've asked mm. them not to take other headache tablets, they do it anyway because you're not getting full adherence to all your rules because that's the real world and people have their own minds and they do stuff. And
1: people have headaches and, and they don't want exactly, to Exactly, exactly.
0: And so again, in that case it's going to look like the people in the placebo, or many of the people in the placebo, group got better. Um, but it's not necessarily just because they took the placebo; they might be taking any any other stuff uh, that might actually be having that might actually help them. So you have to rule that out as well. So there's quite a lot of things you have to rule out before you get to the, the conclusion that there's this sort of strange, unexplainable uh, uh, bodily healing effect.
1: So there have have there well there have been i I know there have been i don't don't know i'm phrasing like a question there have (laughs) been studies into whether or not the placebo effect itself works now yes that one we mentioned early on that that the one about the 15 neurotic patients neurotic women called who they all called Mm -hmm. he um where where they just said we're going to give you this pill it's a sugar it's a sugar pill do you mind and then see if they get better that's a rubbish study because it didn't have any control group um yeah. and it just it was a tiny number but in, in in a way like we were sort of hinting at the time even if you had had a control group like how would you con- you know the, the the you can't you can't have a placebo to control it so how do you how would you go about controlling it that's the question yeah I yeah guess. it's
0: really it's really tricky and and you know there are some cases where people do often make the mistake of uh, assuming that because the placebo group got better that there must actually be you know the placebo pill or whatever it is had had an effect so how do you control it well you need to have a no uh you need to have a no intervention group as well um you need to have that extra extra control but but even then it's really it's really tricky because you need to have a high quality uh trial in lots of other ways too um and you need to rule out all the, the different sorts of problems that we've that we've talked about and more. I mean, there's all sorts of different threats to the validity of clinical trials, including not randomising people adequately and all sorts of other stuff like that. So I feel like you have to have quite extraordinary evidence to have ruled all these much more boring things out and get to the really magical, exciting uh, stuff. Yeah,
1: because there are some properly magical claims right i mean uh, we again like you know there's i've I, I sort of mentioned ulcers before but i'll sort of I'll, I'll bring up the um the full thing which is another bit from goldacre's column back in 2009 but this was he, he there, there was there were claims that simetidine which is this uh, first anti ulcer drug on the market eradicated 80 percent of ulcers on average in different trials and then fairly shortly afterwards uh the success rate dropped to just 50 percent and that this was to do with the introduction of ranitidine which is a a competing and supposedly superior drug so the people's expect people's sort of expectations of the effect of you know because there was a better one you could get the expectation that this one that the first one would work dropped a bit you said, why aren't i on the good mm. one um and the cochrane review there's a 2010 cochrane review into um placebos and it suggests that it says that you know that's one thing. A lot of people argue say it works for pain. Well, sure, but others say it works for things like asthma, high blood pressure, and even myocardial infarction. And and that would that's properly magical stuff, right? Because that you know your pain is subjective. So yeah. you know that's fair enough. But the size of an ulcer or the number of a heart, number of heart attacks, that's a very non-subjective. That's a very objective right, measure. Right. You're not just filling in. You're startling. not just filling
0: in a question. I mean, there's obviously still going to be error. Uh, you know measuring an ulcer is not super easy it's not like measuring someone's height with a ruler or something Uh, you're obviously going to have to go in there with a little camera or whatever it is and, and, uh, and, Mm -hmm. and, and measure the size of it but it's a lot more objective than it is you know someone's questionnaire answer on a pain scale uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, until you invent a, 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 an MRI scanner or something that reads your exact pain levels from just your brain scans, um, which does seem rather a long way off, we're not going to have an mm. objective measure of, of of pain. But yeah, I'm I'm really surprised by the um, the the more objective stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So we'll have a look at the studies. There, there was. There was, a, there was a review of the literature in 2020, Colocca and Bass. Yeah, and this is
0: in the New England Journal of Medicine, as I mentioned before, which is, you know, widely considered the, the, the most prestigious medical journal in the world.
1: Yeah, certainly one of the big four, isn't yep. it? Um, Wait, what are the four? Uh,
0: Lancet, New England Journal of Medicine. Lancet,
1: BMJ, JAMA. Oh,
0: JAMA, yes, yes, yes. Journal, journal yeah. of the American Medical Association. And the one that's called the BMJ, which we all know stands for the British Medical Journal, but it's one of these weird things like BP, where
1: they've pretended it's not doesn't sound yeah uh, yeah
0: it's just it's just called the bmj now That's I, just, <laughs> I find that very strange it used to be british remember when barack obama there was the oil spill and he called it british petroleum and, there, and everyone mm. saw it like as a slight on the uk yeah how dare yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah when uh, how dare but I actually do. that wasn't the name of the like he got the company name wrong the, the company name is bp
1: it's, I, I find it so annoying. I have a feeling like KFC might have done the same thing. I'm not going to bother looking it up either. But the um, wonder, it's just, it's just yeah. like come on, we all know, we all know. Like it, it, it's like, um, well, but yeah, it's I completely if,
0: reliant on it's reliant on the fact that people knew the, the, what it was the, back the, the in the C day. stood for chicken. Yeah, the but stood it for doesn't. Petroleum, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, bonkers. Anyway, so they said in this review that. Placebo and nocebo, nocebo effects being the sort of evil twin, you know, the, um, the, the opposite of... Right, good if you tell effect, someone b- that everything's bad effect,
0: really bad, then they'll actually feel worse. They,
1: and, yeah, their pain will yeah. be worse and things. Uh, they say uh, placebo and nocebo effects are powerful, pervasive, and common in clinical practice. And they said there are lots of, um, lots of studies finding that. But I think... Yeah, that, that that's been responded to. That was responded. Uh, there was a response to that the same year. Yes, a really um, useful response. Actually, we'll, we'll post all these yeah, things exactly. in the show notes. Of course, it's really helpful. Yeah, um, and they just said basically there two, um, well, three big problems with that review, which seems to be you know, one of the biggest pieces of work in su- suggesting that must be must are, be incredibly
0: yeah incredibly prominent if it's in the New England Journal. Yeah, exactly.
1: yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well so, firstly, they said they failed to take into account regression to the mean, which is what we we're talking about yes. above. I mean, you know, like. Um, like me rolling rolling my three sixes and then th- then rolling the next dice and think oh god my dice have got worse you know but <laughs> that's not <laughs> yeah, how it works yeah. um they also confused apparently adverse events with side effects so when you have a when a drug is being uh, on a trial is being tried out when you do a trial of a drug that you have to record all the bad things that happen to patients yeah. so this this response this, Dar- this Darley and raffi points uh, say like for example Maybe a patient daily. enrolled in a Daily, yeah, TV daily? Irish
0: name, I think. But anyway, carry on.
1: D a d a h l y. Okay, oh God. Anyway, all right. Let's Let's not worry about that. Um, for example, a patient enrolled in a drug trial who fell down some stairs, resulting in injury, would likely be recorded as having experienced an adverse event. Um, but you wouldn't say that. Well, unless the drug, I suppose, made them. Uh, sleepy or clumsy or something right. like that. And this is, but yeah, normally, normally in these trials,
0: w- like you get like, the, the, someone actually goes through and assesses, and they say there are mm. there are adverse events that are related to the drug, and there are adverse events that are that just happen to the people anyway, mm. and they record them all because it's useful to record them all. But someone, and that's actually that's an issue of subjectivity, and there's a problem there. You know, there might be there might be an issue of bias there, and people say, oh no, it could, that mm. couldn't possibly have been due to our drug. I've seen trials yes. criticised for that before. That you know, you only had people from the drug company rating the adverse events and stuff like that. But anyway, that's.
1: I mean, it's perfectly possible that like the drug indu- induces drowsiness, which wasn't foreseen, and people yes. are more likely to walk in front yeah. of a bus or fall down some yeah. stairs or whatever. You know, um, so it's not. Yeah, if suddenly you see an epidemic of people among on in the control arm, in the, in the active treatment arm of the trial, falling in front of buses and falling downstairs, then you might say, okay, this is a side effect or an adverse yeah. effect rather than that. Ad- but if you can't just say. You can't lump all the bad things that happen to people together, which is what they did to say this is a nocebo effect in some cases. And they also and this is the I think the crucial thing, they 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 mention a major Cochrane review into the, the Cochrane review, as we've said before in the study show, is a sort of a real gold standard meta-analysis, a sort of um an agglomeration of all the or the all the relevant existing evidence. Into one to 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 establish the sort of consensus position, and they cite that review to set, to sort of back up their point that there should be more of these trials with three ar- three arms with three uh, with you know treatment and placebo and no treatment to establish the effect of placebo effects, but they don't mention that that Cochrane review from two thousand and ten explicitly says basically that placebo isn't. Yeah, real or very comes very close to it. Yeah, it? it
0: was it was actually the third update of a Cochrane review. Yeah, ha- annoyingly hasn't been updated since then. It'd be really nice to see mm. um, a more a more recent update of it because 2010 was a long time ago. Um, yeah,
1: maybe placebos started working better. Well, since Well, it's, then, it's yeah. possible. It's, it, it's, yeah, it although possible. I think it I've
0: seen possible. claims, I've seen both claims that placebos are getting wor- like smaller over time, which could be to do with trials getting better and you know being better controlled and i think i might have seen claims about placebos getting larger over time as well so I, I, th- there's all sorts of claims flying around but anyway in this 2010 yeah. study which they made it st- they didn't mention that actually it's it came out with a you know it was it was very strongly against the idea that there's there's placebo effects that are that would be especially to, to that would use be useful in clinical it. practice yeah hmm. so they looked at 234 studies and they were looking for ones that had a placebo so you know they would be looking at a, treat- a treatment a placebo control and then also a no control and uh, a no yeah, a no yeah, intervention yeah. group at all yeah um and uh, but they could only find 16 that they consider to have low risk of bias in the in the study which is somewhat worrying yeah
1: Yes, and they um, of the of, they, of those they found that they said the results were heter- heterogeneous, a lot of het- a lot of hetero- heterogeneity yes. in the in the studies, which is a fancy schmancy way of saying that the results of the studies varied mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and they they looked at two and, main and types the of, of studies,
0: right? Uh, some of them will be you know longer term, some of them will be of very different conditions, some of them will have large mm. sample sizes, some of them will have small sample sizes. It all adds up to being quite yeah, hard to compare good, some across bullshit. the studies.
1: Yeah yeah but yeah so they they looked at two main types of studies which are and i i, I explained to me if tell me if i'm getting any of this wrong but basically they look, there's two two main types of results one they sort of looked at binary results so that they have a sort of cut off of this the, the this did have an effect greater than a certain size so we'll say it worked and didn't have an effect of, of that size so we'll say it didn't work and then there's a continuous outcomes which uh you know how 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 much of an effect did it yeah. have um And in the binary ones, they found no statistically significant result on pain, nausea, smoking, or depression. And in the continuous outcomes, they found small effects on uh, patient-reported outcomes, nausea, and pain, but no statistically significant effects on smoking, dementia, depression, obesity, hypertension, insomnia, and anxiety. And um, while other people they concluded that we do not find that placebo interventions have important clinical effects in general however in certain settings placebo interventions may influence patient reported outcomes especially pain and nausea although it is difficult to distinguish patient reported effects of placebo from response bias
0: right so just Um, what we were talking about above that it's particularly for things that are subjective and they haven't necessarily ruled out all these expectation biases and so on that we that we talked about before
1: yeah, and they also say that most of these studies involve deceive. Most of these placebos involve deceiving the patient, so you, uh, so you don't really, you know, uh, you don't really want to be using them in normal medicine, you know, as in g- giving people sugar pills and saying this is, you know, uh, and, and sort of tricking people. Well, that's th- the, that's uh, so the sort of
0: paradox, isn't it? Because mm. if you think the placebo effect is real. You want people to believe in things as much as possible. So you, you you would need to lie to them as much as you possibly can and say this is an amazingly powerful drug. It's a potent whatever steroid or whatever it's going to really change. But obviously you can't do that for ethical reasons. Yeah. You can just say to people you you may be re- randomized into the placebo group or not, which is why they try these open-label placebo groups where you just say to people this is a placebo pill. What do you, you know, do, we think this, will might, this might make you better because other people have got better in the past. Yeah.
1: Which the reviewers of the 2020 the, in, the, in the 2020 thing, they they there's one reviewer, uh, Luana Koloka, who I think is quite a big fan of, or, or she describes herself as a placebologist mm. and does a lot of research into it, and she thinks there are reasons to believe that these open label placebo effects and no deception placebo effects are real, but the as far as I can work out, the the evidence is much shakier for them. There aren't as many trials. The effects they're small. Are they're small trials in here. general.
0: I think it's the case that. The it tends to be that the biggest evidence comes from, you know, subjective studies. So, you know, the the, the highest quality statistical evidence comes from those studies where there are other problems, like this, like mm. the subjectivity of the of the uh, responses and the fact that there could be bias because of expectations and the other studies tend to be really quite small the the ones where the are open label placebo and, and and so on um and don't tend to be you know as far as i can tell particularly strongly replicated either so i just think there's you know maybe something interesting there but it's not the case that you should be telling people you, the, uh, this evidence suggests that you should be using placebo effects in your everyday practice
1: no i guess there, one thing that the sort of, that koloka mentions in some of her things is you know that there, there's there are ways of inducing the, the sort of expectation effects are real so if you start saying people this will this this you know this little jab will reduce the pain and then uh you, you know in in um uh, childbirth pain pain relief and things you say we'll, we'll give it a little jab and then it will make things hurt less worse versus versus say, telling them this thing this bit is going to hurt like a bad bee sting and it'll be the worst bit of the of the um right you know then people then report more or more or less pain given given those sort yeah. of things. So there, so there will be ways of like managing expectations. But, that, and managing but again, pain. that could
0: be the response bias stuff, right? They don't feel it any differently, mm. but they report it differently because they think, well, I was told that this would be like a bad bee sting, so it's a, a level ten. Whereas if they were told that it was mm. just a little tiny scratch, they might say, oh, it's level seven.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, I mean, that's sort of th- that's the sort of thing that seems like a low cost. Um, you know, bedside mannery type yeah. thing, just like you may, but it doesn't strike me as anything that'll have a massive it effect. On it. You, know, you all- know,
0: it might be helpful to remind people of this stuff, but it doesn't really tell me that much beyond you know what you would learn in any good medical school, which is that you need to be nice to patients and tell them things that will soothe them rather than get them worried and anxious. I don't feel like this is this you know, it's often written about as if there's this, you know, breakthrough due to this mysterious new effect that we're understanding. Mm. If it's all just like, doctors need a good bedside manner, I mean, I, I don't know what the first instance of the phrase bedside manner is but it can't yeah. be uh, a recent term.
1: No. I, I think it, is, it just it seems incredibly unlikely. There was, there was an interesting thing I... um Spotted when we were reading about all around, around about all this that they, I noticed this meta-analysis on lower back pain, uh, which noticed that the placebo effect seemed to be seemed there seemed to be a placebo effect in chronic lower back pain, but not in acute or or um, shorter term lower back pain. And I wondered whether that is because look, lower back pain is this famous is famously hard to treat. It's often tied up with Bad things in people's lives. It's sort of uh, where, uh, whereas you know, if, you, if your back hurts for a few days, that's probably got some physical cause. Yeah. Whereas quite often, there's lower back pain is you know, tied to mental health conditions, depression, and so on. Uh, if you've got lower back pain, I'm not telling you you're crazy. It's just this is, this is a thing that's been observed. Yeah. And I wondered you know, that, when the condition is less when when there's a simple physical response to something i think it's just less likely that placebo will have a realistic have a have a major impact that's the sort of impression i'm getting from the research that makes
0: sense although i think also if you look at that meta-analysis the number of mm. trials that they have in it are like i think five in some analyses uh, and four in, in, in others so i i just don't think so we have draw. particularly reliable evidence on you know high quality trials that really, you know, look at this in extreme detail with, you know, with all the sort of controls to rule out all the problems. And I feel like the more yeah. our, you look at trials that do that, the less you see evidence of, of placebo effects for, for really, for really anything. And that doesn't mean that there there couldn't be something there, but I, I, I'm much more skeptical about the placebo effect now than I was, you know, a few years ago when I would just have assumed that that's just something that you, you have to, yeah. you know, you have to consider.
1: Well, that's exactly. I mean, it's so much. It's just like it, it's been part of the, like the 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 background noise, right? Yeah. Just, it's sort of the magical healing power of placebo of the body, yeah. the mind over matter thing. Uh, it, it made me think, right, that if someone if it hadn't it hadn't been posited a hundred years ago, better, you know, or. Uh, there about you know seventy years ago or in space, for certainly it's been part of the sort of conversation for a very very long time. If it was new and someone came up and said, you know, your brain is so powerful that it can make you actually heal physical diseases if you just convince it that a sugar pill is real, you and I in particular who've been writing about how science is so full of statistical artefacts and so on, you you go, oh, that sounds a bit mm, right. Sure it sounds that. like that they- could be
0: a problem in the study rather than an actual result.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, you know, we, we definitely got to do social priming at some point, but all those, those studies from the nineties and two thousands, which seemed to find that just little tiny, um, uh, sort of subliminal advertising type in, uh, things would uh, totally, uh, transform people's behavior that you could make people f- act as though they were older by fl- priming them with the word Florida or bingo or th- you know, these things. Um, and then suddenly they all, and then we Oh no, actually it's just, it's just statistical, statistical noise, flukes. Yeah, exactly. Um, but because it's been around for seventy years, we sort of go, "Oh, right, yeah, no, that's 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 true." Obviously, the, the mind is super powerful and heal mind over matter and yeah, magical healing. Yeah.
0: I, I think that's I, I think, think that's the- true, and I, I also think that it's just it's just a confusing term because people talk about a placebo group and a placebo response and and, and so on, and all that is incredibly important. Like it, it's really hmm. important to have that stuff in your study because. You need to control for all the problems that we've talked about before: the regression to the mean, the expectation effects, uh, the the fact that conditions are self-limiting, uh, and so on. You need to control for that. Hmm. But it's just that you can't assume that that there are all these biological effects just from the basis of just on the basis of um, you know the placebo group got better. Um, in fact, that's yeah. what it's there. You know, it's not there necessarily to test that. So I think there's just confusion about the way people talk about it, and I think from hearing people talk about the, the importance of placebo controls people sort of uh, many people assume that what's being talked about there is um is, a, placebo, is a effect. placebo effect within the body whereas actually it could just be a placebo effect within the study uh that doesn't actually relate to people's uh, biology in any sense but it could just be problems with bias in the measurements
1: yeah there's a distinction that they draw in the literature between the placebo effect, which is the sort of um, what's the changes specifically attributable, attributable to placebo and nocebo mechanisms, including the neurobiological and psychological mechanisms of expectancy. So that's the sort of yeah. thing that we think of when we talk about the placebo effect. And then the placebo response, which is all health changes that result after administration of an inactive <laughs> right. treatment.
0: I feel like that, we should come up with a different word for that rather than. Calling yeah, exactly. Yeah. Placebo. That's what I'm saying. Placebo, like it, yeah. it's, the reason it's confusing is because the same word is used for very different things and things. a big grab bag of different things, too. You know, the, the, that placebo response could be anything, could be all sorts of the stuff that we've yeah. talked about already
1: well exactly the thing then goes on to say this could include natural history and regression to the mean so they the get better by itself effect and the the return yeah, re- regressing yeah. to the mean effect which you know is it, you're right it's it's silly it's it's unfortunate that they're both called placebo somethings because uh, let's face it one of them is it, it is a statist- statistical artifact and nothing to do with the pill that we call a placebo and yet it sort of gets mentally lumped in with the placebo
0: yeah, yeah absolutely and one yeah. of them is Definitely real. I.e., we definitely know that there are biases in studies that that can cause you to draw the wrong conclusion from statistical analyses and from Mm -hmm. you know methodological problems in the study. We don't definitely know that there are these innate biological healing mechanisms where you know uh, opioids are released because of your belief in a treatment. We don't know if that's true or not.
1: No, I mean, uh, and and takes us back to the beginning of, like, say, we there's been a lot of effort expended on working out how. They work, but perhaps there should be a little bit more. For example, a new Cochrane review would be lovely on whether they an work. An update at all. to
0: that previous yeah. one would be, yeah, that would be really nice. Uh, yeah. It's been a long That's time. A, it's been the 13 study years now. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's an official request yeah. from the studies show to. <laughs> Yeah, um, to the Cochrane Library. All right, so have we have we um, we've answered the question. of placebo effects that? there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would say yeah. to
0: everyone's satisfaction. I don't think anyone is. I hope so. Yeah. No more mystery though, yeah. us, uh, there. but I think people find there was a viral tweet uh, recently that got millions of views on Twitter because I think people are really surprised that you know there are people out there that that don't think the placebo effect exists uh, in at least in the way that people talk about it. I think that's quite surprising yeah. to a lot of folks. So um, yeah,
1: there was a quote. That was a great thing. It was a quote. It was a quote tweet of a tweet saying what's your best your favorite explanation for why the placebo effect works even if people are told that it's a placebo right. and the explanation you know, is well maybe
0: we don't need to explain that because it might not actually yeah,
1: exactly be true. it most placebo effect is mostly fake yeah. and like i say i think just putting myself in a position where i'm coming to imagining i'm coming to this cold and it's not something i've been reading about since i was a child and that's we've known about for better part of a century just the idea that the the Brain can magically heal severe physical. Oh, I shouldn't say magically, but you know, can can through mind over matter cause itself to heal significant physical problems? It's just something I'd need to see a lot of evidence for. Totally. I believed, and I I have not seen that evidence yeah. yet. Yeah. I don't.
0: Think. Uh, I, I I agree with you there. So that's uh, slightly annoying because again, it is fun if we disagree about stuff. But uh, I yeah. think we're kind of on the same I page thought, here. I thought
1: I, when when we first mentioned posited the. I think we we were talking about it in. Um, an earlier piece, I think it was the uh, uh, we, when we were doing the the psychedel- psychedelics yeah. one. I th- you were you were saying, "Oh, the placebo effect's the most powerful effect in medicine," and I was saying that, that uh, maybe it's not real. And I am annoyed to find that you've changed your mind. And we
0: can't have I changed my mind, yeah. I, well, it, uh, I think um, the expectation effects. It depends on what you mean by the placebo effect, right? Uh, I don't go. know yeah, if I believe yeah. that the people are having, you know, that that they're that they're having, you know, th- their mental illnesses changed by. Well, there is another problem, right? Is that so many symptoms of mental illness, especially things like depression and so on, are themselves mm. subjective uh, and noisy things. It's not just pain. You're filling in a depression questionnaire as well, so I think there could be placebo responses on that. Is that the correct term? Uh, even yeah. if there isn't a placebo effect, how confusing yeah. is that?
1: Yeah, and, and how do you how do you even work out what's the, what's an effect and what's a response in uh, in um, yes. Uh, in a mental health thing which, which when it's all about how you right, feel. Exactly, you know? exactly. It's so yeah,
0: yeah it's it's so uh, um vexed the question. Anyway, yeah. thank you for listening anyway. to the study yes. show and I'll just remind you again, please do uh subscribe on Substack or uh, um, uh, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Um leave us a review, leave us a like, um and spread the word. We'd be we'd be very mm. grateful.
1: Yes, absolutely. We're really enjoying doing this and Indeed. we hope to be, to, make it, to be able to dedicate more of our time to it. So it's just been loads of fun. Indeed. And thank you to everyone who uh, entered um, questions and things on... Loads uh, of good
0: ideas for shows in the future. We we've added them to the list, which is now getting dangerously long, but that just means we'll be uh, doing this for a long time. So uh, that's, yes. that's all good fun.
1: And it was Mark L was the person who suggested Placebo Effect. So thank, thank you, Mark. Mark L, for an excellent and interesting idea. Yeah. Hope we've, and, hopefully we've uh, uh, done
0: it justice uh, on this show.
1: Yes. Uh- Yes, wonderful. Thank you All very
0: right, much. Okay. See you next week. Take care, guys. Bye. See you next week.
1: Bye-bye.